I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. I feel like <laughs> I've been very productive and it's only Monday. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I can't say the same thing. There's no way I've been productive at all today. <laughs> um, yeah, it, was, it felt kind of lazy, at least myself. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I felt kind of lazy today for the most part. Just it didn't feel like I, I accomplished much. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But at the end, though, we're doing this podcast. Uh, let's look at the positives for today. <laughs> uh, so d- some side movie news uh, d- or not even me- movie because it's not a movie, uh, but uh, I believe you saw the Hawkeye trailer that was released I today. I did. S- oh, Yes, we are going to talk about this. Okay, cool. Uh, Just real quick. Just wanted to see if you had any thoughts. I did see the Hawkeye trailer. I think that the song makes it completely. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's the most wonderful time. So clearly Christmas. New York in Christmas time is magical. Magical indeed. So already like a really stunning locale back drop for the whole thing and then i really like Haley steinfeld like period yes <laughs> um i, I think she's gonna be a, yeah so i think she's gonna be a good addition to the mcu because it's nothing like having a little oscar nominee <laughs> in the mix <laughs> exactly uh for those who don't remember Haley steinfeld has been uh, nominated for best supporting actress for the movie true grit back That's in right. 2011 when yep. she was a youngin at that time yeah, she was like a child she was a child or maybe like preteen yeah pretty much in that <laughs> in that age range so uh it somehow got me excited for a hawkeye anything mm-hmm. hawkeye because usually i'm not excited for anything hawkeye yeah. so what's the what's the one movie like are you a, a jeremy renner fan at all or um, i think i liked him in tag and that was it i did like him in the town the he's, town. He's great in the town. That was kind of like the like the mainstream introduction for a lot of people for him, uh, because again, it was m- highly publicized that that was Ben Affleck's second, you know, directed movie. Mm-hmm. It was filmed in Boston. There was like a lot of you know, there was a lot riding around it, and I believe. If I'm not mistaken, he was nominated Best Supporting Actor because of that role. I might I can't be, be sure. missing. I might <laughs> be misremembering that, but there was a lot of talk about his performance in that role. Uh, Jeremy Renner is a funny dude, but not intentionally. <laughs> um, the guy had his own app for a while. Um, oh yes, the we talked Renner about app. this. Yeah, that was uh, it's hilarious. Uh, and then. <laughs> Uh, not only that, but then he has become a singer mm-hmm. in the meantime. <laughs> yes. Heaven Don't Have a Name is the name of probably his most well-known song. Wow. And I will go ahead and drop a snippet right now so you guys can hear what he sounds like. She's got that will make you believe. Oh, she taste like lipstick and tank array all i remember she grew up in atlanta but she moved to the bay an uptown beauty you can never escape heaven don't have a name 
And that was Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Heaven don't have a name. Oh man. So okay. yeah. So now now you know what he sounds like when he sings. Um yeah, so I'm not saying like I'm a big fan, but it's it's funny how his his career is. Like he has tried to take over franchises and then like they just They're press like, rewind. Never mind. Yeah. Born <laughs> Ma- Born Matt is the Damon. Classic, yeah, <laughs> Matt Damon came back. Uh, you can tell that they wanted to give the keys to Mission Impossible. Like they were going to try to transition. Mm-mm. And then, uh, no, no, no. Tom Cruise was Tom like, Cruise. no, this is mine. <laughs> so no for you there. And now here we do, I believe this is going to be most likely a handoff or a send off of this character most likely. So, uh, yeah. Because we'll he's dead. So... Oh, no. Wow. What am I talking about? No, he's not dead. He's not dead. Wow. Capanna. But are you thinking of Black Widow? Of Black course Widow I was died? thinking of Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Because she died. She did. She did. No, but Hawkeye, this is but, most likely a send off okay. for his character. Most likely. You think he's retiring from the event? Probably. Most likely. Uh, I, can't, I, I don't see how he fits anymore <laughs> in this world. So, but we'll see. We'll see. But. Uh, that comes out basically the day before Thanksgiving, Hawkeye mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. So that'd be interesting to see. Now, today we're going to talk about a movie. Uh, before we get started, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on many more. And if you do like us, please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way for us. Five stars is what we ask from you. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support for as little as $2 a month. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Let's get to it. Today, we are talking about the brand new film, The Cow... Ugh, I can't even say it right. I'm going to rewind myself on that one. So let me go... The and, Cow. The Cow. Okay. That killed me. Oof. All right, here we go. And we are going back in five, four, three, two, and one. And today, we are going to talk about the latest film... By Paul Schrader. He is writer and director on this. It is The Card Counter, starring Oscar Isaac. Uh, now, uh, real quick, let me go back on Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader is the writer of Taxi Driver, one of the most beloved films by most people. I say most people because Jessica and I are not <laughs> in that group. Uh, he also was a writer on Raging Bull, and he directed First Reformed from a couple of years ago, starring Ethan Hawke. Now, Jessica, who else stars alongside Oscar Isaac in this movie? We've got Tiffany Haddish, and we have Ty Sheridan, and we have Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, this is uh, an interesting cast. Uh, before we move forward, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of... Tiffany Haddish in particular uh, in this particular movie. So we talked about this upon exiting the theater. And so I feel like she was miscast mostly because she has the comedy persona and she is very 
Like you don't think of Tiffany Haddish as being <laughs> in a uh, movie like The Card Counter, let alone, you know, its predecessors like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, like First Form. These are very dark dramas. And Tiffany Haddish, I feel like it was perfectly fine at best, but wasn't quite gelling with the rest of the cast. Is it because we have this preconceived notion of Tiffany Haddish as an actress? Do you I think mean, that might yes, be what it be? Because she did all those comedies like back to back to back. What was it like? Girls uh, Trip, Girls Night Trip. School. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? I feel like she did like a the, jackass. What, equi- uh, like, yeah, with Eric like a, Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also she was in that uh, movie with uh, Rose Byrne and Salma Hayek, something about a boss or something. Um, man, I <laughs> okay. saw the trailers, but it was a February movie, so it was ignored oh, by us. Right, right. Uh, so, so it, yeah. it's kind of hard. I don't want to discount comedic actors getting into dramatic roles because I feel like they often hit it out of the park. Yeah. However, in this specific case, like it was kind of herky jerky. Mm-hmm. Because the, it kind of, I don't know, it, it felt like she was... She was acting in the movie, but like she wanted to kind of like break out of like Ooh, what the good, movie was. Mm, that's a good way of putting it. So the movie is one tone and her performance feels like it's breaking out of that. So at times, yeah, at times, not all the time. There's moments where like she fits in with what's going on with the movie. But there's a few moments here and there where it's like Ooh, there's there's the Tiffany Haddish that I know and I'm familiar with mm. like just about to like you know come out you know yeah i definitely think that she should have been a little more serious although or subdued yes subdued is a better word not necessarily serious but right and it's not like she was like very bombastic with her performance or anything but there are moments where she's kind of like you know towing that line of am i going to play this really straight or am i going to play this kind of funny Mm -hmm. you know So I just wanted to have that quick conversation about Tiffany Haddish. Now, the movie itself uh, has, you know what, you, why don't you tell us, Jessica, how (laughs) this was performing with the audience and with critics? Okay, so the Rotten Tomato score is currently 85% and the audience score is a 44%. That's a huge difference. Yes. That's a huge swing. The critics' consensus reads, led by Oscar Isaac's gripping performance, the card counter adds another weighty character, no, sorry, weighty chapter to Paul Schrader's long inquiry into man's moral responsibility. So that's something that I've noticed about a lot of Schrader movies is that he is fascinated with morality in a person. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at Taxi Driver, if you look at Raging Bull, and all the way up to First Reformed, it's a man almost fighting with past sins or even current sins that he's engaged with. And, you know, what is a line or what is the motive to being good? You know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, that's a cool concept, but not on every single movie that <laughs> you do, you know? And I don't know if it fully works for this movie the entire time. I think there's there's some things that that are good in the movie, 
But I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with, you know, 85% of critics saying that it's positive review. No, I found this movie extremely strange. Because, again, you don't know the tone that it's trying to set a lot of the times. I, I think some of the conversations are interesting in terms of what it's trying to say about, like, for example, our role, and by our, I mean America's role in the way it uses, like, the advanced interrogative tactics during the Iraqi war and everything, following everything with 9-11. So the way it examines that and the people involved in that, I think, is a good discussion. But it's set against a man who is just trying to play cards. And it doesn't feel like it gels those two lives. That past life of being in an extreme torture versus someone who is trying to just fly under the radar, playing cards, counting cards, and, you know, doing that type of thing. So that's where I kind of stand with the movie. The movie has some solid ideas, but I don't think it fully gels Mm -hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Now, not many people saw this movie. Uh, $1.3 million at the box office over the weekend. It's a light weekend. Plus, on top of that, the other major movie that was released was Malignant by James Wan, uh-huh. the horror movie. That one did solid. And then, and Shang-Chi of course, came in number one yeah, again. Yeah, and Shang-Chi, of course. Uh, so it, Shang-Chi and Marvel are still riding high. So, Jessica, what else did you think about the movie itself? Um, I thought that at the beginning I was kind of hesitant about the concept and what was going on with Oscar Isaac's character. And I was really confused about his backstory. I was literally asking you in the theater. I was like, but why? But how? But when? Like, I'm so confused. So... At the end, I kind of got it, obviously. In the middle, I thought the movie was a tour de force. I was like, oh my God, this is a really good movie. And then the ending totally spoiled it. And I was like, wow, this is a really shitty movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the third act was just, I mean, really bizarre. And the shifts in, I don't want to say tone because it was like a weird tone throughout. But you I guess I just didn't again. know, like, who was good, you know? Like, or I wonder if the movie's more trying to just show us, like, a seediness that is underneath this world. There were two different stories running throughout the same film. And one is the story of the past and, you know, all of these people that were involved in anti-terrorism um intense um what's it called interrogation interrogation which is like really um uh like bold and bombastic and the filming style reflected that any flashbacks were done with like a fisheye lens it just looked surreal yes so you have this surreal story from the past that is definitely haunting Oscar Isaac's character but then you also have this really chill card counter 
who is actually very cool. Like you're like, oh, I would want to hang out with this dude. He's so chill. Like he wants to remain anonymous. He wants to be um, flying under the radar. He doesn't like a lot of uh, stimuli around him. He's very plain, very straightforward. And you're kind of drawn to this character as well. And his current story of going through the professional poker circuit. Right. And his reasons why. And the movie builds momentum, uh-huh. which which I find interesting because it moves at a pretty deliberately slow pace. Glacial. Throughout. Yes. <laughs> like we do see everything that Oscar Isaac does, especially early on. We see when he's traveling in the car and parking and going in and like you see every detail that the he's tedium. doing. The tedium of the it. The monotony. And... But as the movie goes, you start building upon that and you start getting a sense of what the character is, who he is, why he acts a certain way that he does. And it starts to build tension as well because he interacts with Ty Sheridan's character of Kirk. Mm -hmm. And at first you don't understand why they're together, like why they're traveling together. It's an odd buddy coupling. It is. (laughs) But as the movie goes, you see a tension start to build and you start seeing friction and then you see like a culmination of of that tension happen. And I found that part riveting when it when it gets to that moment. And but the movie just you know what it is? The movie tries to sell you that this is going to be like a cool gambling movie, right? Yeah. At, but you, you, you would be a fool, and to think that, because it's it feels such it feels like such a different movie when you're watching it. Yes, it's completely it feels different. like you've been uh, bamboozled. <laughs> yes, it does, and I don't know if this is just something that you just kind of have to go into a movie and do your research on it, or. If you're going in blind, hoping that you like this type of movie. I went in blind. You went in blind. I didn't go as blind. Like, I didn't see any trailers, but I knew the names. I knew that it was Oscar Isaac. I knew it was directed by Paul Schrader. So I kind of knew, like, at least that part. I knew absolutely nothing. Like, the credits were rolling at the beginning, and I was like, oh, my God, Tiffany Haddish, Ty Sheridan, Willem Dafoe. I was legitimately surprised i had no idea yeah you didn't know anything (laughs) so anything else that you want to say non-spoilery before we get into spoilers um i think ty sheridan's hair is like an atrocity oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah we had a fun little discussion there (laughs) and willem dafoe is perfectly cast because he is believable as that dirtbag trainer Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that dude that has no moral compass yes but has a facade of like being like you know like a decent man when Mm -hmm. he's not you know training these guys in these intense interrogation tactics right so yeah it's a perfect casting then again you know i think when is he not um, perfectly cast true i think that if you don't like taxi driver you probably won't like this movie right 
Um, I agree. Also, a close cousin to this movie, I feel like, was from earlier this year, The Mauritanian. Yes, uh, they do it's have... It's just like a like, distant cousin. Because they do share that idea of like intense interrogation. Who's but, right and who's wrong. Right. And is it right to be to doing what it end? in this way? Exactly. Yeah. Do the Do the means justify the end? I believe that's... The way the saying goes. No, I think it's the, do the, do ends, the justify ends justify the means. The means. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I always confuse the, the wording on that. Do the ends justify the means? Right. So it, it's a lot to tackle because that that's a heavy conversation. And you think you're going in for like a Vegas. Yeah, you think you're know, going in card for like, counter. That maybe he has like a mysterious past, but like you don't <laughs> think it's, you know, having to do with the the war in Iraq pretty much. Everything yeah. that follows, you know, nine mm-hmm. eleven and the war that here in in real time we've been getting out of and we're trying to get out of Afghanistan and all that. So it, it's weird that it's kind of like mirroring what is happening at the moment and our reflection as a country to everything that we did during that time. It's it it's kind of like holding a mirror to America, kind of like, hey, this is what we did. Was it worth it? Plus and, poker. Plus poker. <laughs> Plus poker. So I think with that, let's go ahead and let's move on to spoilers for the card counter. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's talk. Spoilers for the card counter. Now, the movie uh, starts us off with Oscar Isaac. He is in prison. Yep. He is. We don't get too much of an explanation right away. We later see why he, he was in prison. He gives you voiceover. I, you know, you think that being an American kid, any kind of confinement would be terrifying. But I took to it quite well. And he goes into that's where I learned how to count cards. Exactly. So from there, we see him at card tables, at different types of casinos, racinos, and uh, basically earning a living, but on the down low. He doesn't call attention to himself until he runs into Tiffany Haddish's character, Lalinda. Mm-hmm. Lalinda is a stable runner. So for people who don't know, uh, the World Series of Poker, let's use that as the example because that's where the movie goes. Uh, a stable of players, pretty much. And there's a backer for that stable of players. And basically it gets divided 50-50. So the player earns half of the pot and then they give the other half to the backer who gives them the money up front mm-hmm. to play the game. Yeah. So uh, Oscar doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do that. He's That's not his thing. But then he comes across Ty Sheridan's character of Kirk. Uh, they meet at a convention. A security convention. Yes. Where in one of the casinos they have. Pretty you know, much. Meeting rooms. Yeah, they have like these little convention rooms at casinos, at hotels pretty much. And that is where a basically a talk is being given by Major Gordo, who is played by Willem Dafoe. In that room, Ty Sheridan uh, basically recognizes William and gives him his number. Hey, 
I want to talk to you. Here's my number and everything. So after a little bit of time, he calls. And the reason for the meeting is because Ty Sheridan's father, Kirk's father, was in Abu Ghraib. He was trained by Major Gordo, the guy who's given the speech. And he did not have a great relationship with his father. Yeah, his, his father, father when he came busted. back. Yeah. yeah. He was a broken man when he came back. Like he, he abused their mother. He abused him. Uh, the mother had to leave because of all the abuse that was happening. And then the father eventually took his own life. Yeah. So he kind of wants revenge, pretty much. He yeah. wants to get Major Gordo and he wants to kind of in a way he wants to use the tactics that he taught against him. Yeah, because he talks about it to Oscar Isaac's character, like maybe we can humiliate him, you know, strip him naked, blah blah blah. And he, he you could tell it hasn't been well thought out. What he, he what, what oh, he it's wants a totally to half baked idea. Oh, it's terrible. And <laughs> Oscar Isaac is eventually sits down with him and is like, okay, let's back up your plan. Like, what happens once you get here? What happens after this? And it's so naive. Of Ty Sheridan's character, Kirk, or whatever his name is. Yep. To think that he can pull it off against Major Gordo, who's like a trained, you know, soldier, now a security expert. Like, what do you think you're going to do? Like, he has the upper hand. He has the experience. He has no fucks to give. So, like, it was so dumb of Ty Sheridan and Oscar Isaac's character sees through that and he's like, look, um, where are you living? What do you do? Do you go to college? All this stuff grills him about his life. And he's like, why don't you just come on the road with me? And he basically comes like becomes like a father figure to him during the time that he's doing this ride along with him on the road doing poker. <laughs> right. And, poker. And you get a sense that Oscar Isaac is pretty much trying to right a wrong of his own by doing this he is trying to find some sense of morality trying to he is definitely atone yes, for his, his sins trying to fix this kid's issues because it's the right thing to do right and also i feel like he's doing it in a way that makes sense to him like he's like why don't you just come on the road and do the same exact thing that i do and maybe you'll just get over it maybe you'll forget maybe you'll move on which is how i have moved on like this is what i do day in and day out this repetitive routine right and the kid ends up saying no like this is getting kind of boring right because it's the same thing over and over again so instead of the routine really helping him clear his mind it does the opposite and it makes him think maybe i should go through with my plan right so uh, before we get to the the end of that storyline uh finally oscar isaac decides you know what let me join this stable let me get a backer but he has very clear rules i am doing this for one year and that's it i'm out um with that comes a lot of visits to different types of casinos all around the country with tiffany haddish her character lalinda by their side and between the two of them stri strikes flirtation. And then from flirtation, 
we get into actual romance between the two of them. I wouldn't call How it did you romance. Feel? Well, you're right. I would just say that they they had an attraction. And I remember turning to you while we were watching the movie and saying, 10 bucks says that they're going to have sex by the end of the movie. And you were like, I will not take that bet. They're 100% going to have sex by the end of this movie. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I feel like their flirtation was odd because Tiffany Haddish is playing it off like kind of like she's unsure of this dude and she's trying to get information about him she's questioning him like oh asking different questions to try and get to know him better and he's not letting anything go and she's also asking kirk as well like what do you know about him you know what does why he are you do? two together what, right which is a great question like yes. why exactly are they together and so we kind of answered that because Oscar is the one that kind of takes him under his wing Mm -hmm. to try to, I guess in his mind, he believes that by doing what he did, isolating yourself, and uh, that's a way of being able to get over whatever traumas that you have. Or Or maybe not even get over, just live with. Live with them. Um, Something we haven't mentioned is Oscar Isaac's character has some tics, in particular, when he goes to hotels, uh, we mentioned that stimuli is a bit of an issue for him. He mm-hmm. can't be around it for too long. So he doesn't even stay at the hotels where the casinos are at. He'll stay like at these crappy like Motel 6s and yep. roadside inn type of places. And when he gets there, he has his own sheets that he covers everything with. All of it. So he'll take down any, you know, portraits or paintings that are on the wall he'll take them down he'll unplug all types of lights alarm Mm. clocks and he'll cover everything in in those cloths right and everything lamps chairs tables yeah it is a sterile looking place but he feels comfortable in that for him that's a comfort because it kind of reminds him in a way of the sterility that was jail that was being in Leavenworth. That's Is that how he, you feel? I think that because there is a bit of a sterileness to that location of jail that he was in. Everything was like very matte, like silver, or the only color really is brown. And that was their jumpsuit or the cloth that was on the bed. But everything else kind of feels like just like just gray. Everything feels just flat where he but he feels comfortable there. And he even mentioned that it was the isolation that he he grew he grew accustomed to it when he was in jail. So now that he's on the outside world, he still wants a tie to that. He still wants what jail kind of offered him, which was a regimen, a a type of stillness in life. Okay, so I don't disagree with you. However, Mm -hmm. I also feel like it's a form of him almost blocking out everything except what's in his head, what he's feeling. And when he's in those hotel rooms, he's constantly writing in his journal, constantly pondering what he's done, constantly thinking through his actions. And he even says at one point in voiceover, like all that's left is like, you know, 
the actions that haunt you or something, something like that. And I think that his attempt at blocking everything is almost like him wallowing in pain as well, where he can't seem to get out of this routine and get on with his life, have a real fulfilling life that's not so monotonous because he's just subsisting on this life. Yeah, he... I don't I don't think he want And then the other thing that crossed my mind is that maybe during the training or whatever that he had with Major Gordo they covered things with lin- white linen, white tar- tarp, who knows? Like maybe it's also part of his training and he can't let it go. Like when he sits down at that one point to put the fear of God in like Ty Sheridan's character, he takes off his watch, takes off, like he it's very calculated like a habit muscle Mm -hmm. memory yeah and he said earlier like oh the body doesn't forget like the it doesn't forget the pain and the hits Mm -hmm. that it takes right so the torture that you feel or because he asked them about being hit by his father he asked ty sheridan and so he says i i don't really think about it and that's when he said the body body doesn't forget Yeah, Yeah, the body remembers every hit. And yeah, so I I can see your point as to what it is. Maybe it was training. Maybe it was just a way of being able to clear everything out. Uh, But I did find interesting that he spent all of his time alone with his thoughts, whether it's writing it down, whether it's thinking it out, you know, for the audience to hear with Mm -hmm, voiceover. voiceover. And just really getting a sense of what is going on with this man inside the mind. Because, sure, he has this, you know, facade of, like, he kind of looks cool, like, with the way he dresses and, like, very, like... He got the leather jacket. He got the button down. He got the And there's a little bit of mystery to him. Yes. But it's not until you either hear his voiceover or you see what he's writing, you think, oh, this man is somewhat disturbed in a way. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah. And the man, like, does he have a breaking point? Mm. You know, is this a man that's trying to avoid the inevitable? And that's which, very similar to Taxi Driver. Yeah. Where there are these voiceovers and musings from like a crazy person, like a psycho. So in this case, it's this dude who feels super guilty about what he's done and for actually enjoying his job as an interrogator. Yeah. Because he was good at it. He was good at it. He liked he was, it. He liked it. And he even taught when he's putting the fear of God into Ty Sheridan, there's a moment where he said that it's called the tilt and anybody can tilt. And that is, uh, they had a different word for it in the military, but basically it means when you're using it more force with, with less, less results. results. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he would continue doing that and actually find pleasure in that. Yeah. In torturing these people, even if he wasn't getting the answers that he wanted from these interrogations. Yeah. He said it was a matter of getting the person, the interrogator, getting drunk off frustration and power. Yes. Which is very, uh, it's hard to even you know 
empathize with that or sympathize or even try to put yourself into those shoes because I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's ever been a point where either one of us have ever experienced anything in that type of negative. Yeah. So that is a really dark place to go to for a person. Exactly. And the fact that he's trying for the most part throughout the movie to atone from it or even run from it in a way, because if you think about his lifestyle at that time, he is just living in a suitcase from casino to casino. Yeah, he doesn't like, put down roots. Everything nope. is done in cash. Yep. You know, no personality inside the room either when he puts up all the sheets. It's like a blank canvas. Like he's just blank. Yeah, he knows people. People do not know him. Mm-hmm. You know, he he can understand who people are. He understands how to read people. But he, he does not allow the opportunity for people to get to know him. And so the closest we see to that is, I would say it's Tiffany Haddish's character. She's the closest that gets to it, but not even Barely. close enough because all she does is she tries to dig. She tries mm-hmm. to find out, but she still does not get to know this man. This man is an enigma to her. Right. And... So there's some interesting stuff there. There's interesting stuff. And I think the let's do this. What would you say is the best part of the movie? Because I think for me, the best part is when he's putting the fear of God into Ty Sheridan. Yes, that had the most gas to it. Yes. Like this is a man who has reached a bit of a breaking point with Ty Sheridan He's been trying to either talk sense to him. He's been he's trying been patient. to. He's yes. tried to take him to the to prison. Like he wouldn't go in the prison, which I couldn't quite understand that. He was like, I don't like prisons. I was like, who the fuck does like who prisons? Who does? No one. Who likes going to a hospital? Nobody. Get Nobody. over it. Like it's like very dumb, like childish of him to just be like, no, 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 I'm not going in the prison. It's like you're not <laughs> like you should like it's actually a really interesting experience if anything. This would be a big learning experience for him yeah. understanding why these men who uh, just for context uh, these men a lot of the men who were arrested from these interrogation tactics were the ones who were photographed doing the acts. Right. But. Their superiors were not ever Their trainers, anybody who wasn't in the photos was never prosecuted. So the only people who suffered the consequences were people like Oscar Isaac who were photographed, you know, humiliating these human beings Mm -hmm. and what they were doing. So, So being able to get a sense of that and him refusing... Confinement. He mentioned confinement as well. Like he mentioned that... It almost referred back to that voiceover at the beginning of the movie where Oscar Isaac's like, I grew up in America. Like confinement is a real terror for American kids. It's like land of the free. And Ty Sheridan does mention that. He's like, oh, yeah, no, the sense of confinement or whatever. And I was like, like, man up. Like to me, personally, I just didn't have any tolerance for that. Yeah, because I I feel like... It's almost like he was afraid of consequences. 
Yes, he was afraid of consequences. He he has an idea of what he wants to do, but of course he doesn't want to actually like suffer no what could, could exactly. possibly come from it because you Has know what could really come from it. No clue about the kind of suffering that they inflicted or that they had done to them, and like he had even the confinement scares him. Right. Which <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Not that's why i was like man up oh, so even man. then like there was a rift between them and then by the end he's just like yeah i'm bored whatever i think i'm gonna leave and oscar isaac's like okay well like do you have a minute do you have a sec i know it's late but before and you leave the look on his face <laughs> mm. oh shit like you just knew shit was about to go down and Apparently, Kirk had never been to his motel room and seen no. like the Ooh, whiteout boy. that's in there. <laughs> so Ooh, he's boy. like already just shocked at his hotel room, this motel room. And yeah, he try he basically scares the shit out of him by basically initiating an interrogation. Without going into full-on physical, like, violence. Right. But it was enough for him to be scared shitless. And all he said, his only request was, you'll get everything, not everything, but you'll get $150,000 that I have made for you doing the thing that I despise, professional poker. (laughs) 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 Or celebrity poker, he said. Yeah. If you just go visit your mother. Go back and, and visit reconcile with her. Yes. Go back to college. Go back to college. You know, resume your life. And he says, okay, gets the phone, gets on the phone with mom, gives him the, what was it? Like a FaceTime video yes. of the uh, whole exchange and then proceeds to not do that. And instead goes to Willem Dafoe's house, Major Gordo's house, to do this hit on Major Gordo. And again, it's such a bad idea because this is a man who clearly lives in a place that he's (laughs) going to be locked. It's not like he lives in some apartment building or he lives in a crowded place. Like this guy lives in a nice home Mm -hmm. that is... Most likely guarded, has security system and everything. And this kid, he's a kid. He's, you know, probably only 19, 20, 21, something like that. But this kid has no idea what he's walking into. He thinks like, oh, I'm just going to exact my revenge on him. It's like. Yeah, he thinks he can get the upper hand on Major Gordo. And it's like, what? No, he's not. He can't. Did you like that twist, though? When you find out that he went to Major Gordo's house. Um, I don't know if, if it was that much of a twist, but I did like that, that reveal, I guess. Yeah, I did like the fact that he decided not to heed the warning. Not to go with through with the advice that, you know, Oscar Isaac's character is giving him. Which, man, again, stupid. It's stupid. But <laughs> it's then so again... Stupid. Being young, sometimes you are dumb. You know, you you do stupid things. Of course, this is a life and death situation, so that's a little different. But yeah, man, it, 
don't be stupid people like <laughs> listen to people who are older and have more experience than you especially with life and death matters so i mean even earlier in the movie oscar isaac was kind of taunting him and saying like don't you want to hear about it he's like no no no, i don't want to hear about it he's like that's all you've wanted is to like know exactly what happened and he gives him some like visceral details like the smell, the blood, the feces, the piss, all this stuff, trying to describe the scene without going into gruesome details. And he says, you'll never understand unless you were there. It's. So the kid's never really going to understand the gravity of what they did, why they did it. And the whole the whole my dad beat me sort of thing is like i am sorry that it happened but you can't you can't just go beating up on major gordo like he's not truly the problem no there's you know what a I'm saying? there's a greater issue right there's a greater issue at hand and like he's looking for someone to blame and it's like yeah major gordo's definitely a fall he definitely should have been prosecuted however he's not the root cause of this whole thing they they had a a pretty interesting quote and i think you kind of like get not gas but you like perked up when you heard it um they were talking about you know they were saying that some there's bad apples in, oh yes 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 and it's like i don't think there's bad apples i just think they came from a bad batch the barrel the was barrel. rotten or something. Right. They came from... The a, barrel that they came from was Yeah, was bad. bad. We kind of butchered that, but yeah, pretty <laughs> much, yeah, it's it's not the person itself that's the bad apple. It's the institution that it comes from and uh-huh. how they were trained, you know, the system in place. Right, exactly. Again, that's another conversation that can lead... You know, in so many different directions. I think a lot of but people. But like Ty Sheridan's that. character didn't see that, even though he's no. the one who said that line. Yeah, he's the one that said that line, but he doesn't under he doesn't even understand himself with that line. Right. Oh, he's still man. fixated on Major Gordo. Yeah, because when you when you're out for revenge, you become blinded with rage and hate that you you just don't see what what is kind of in front of you you don't see yeah how tough it is for a person to come out from that and you have that person in front of you in oscar isaac mm-hmm. who came from that you know right. who's trying to atone and you you're ignoring. if anyone has something to atone like to go out for revenge for it's oscar isaac who did eight years in the military prison when major gordo didn't and he got off scot-free and he's doing very well <laughs> yeah no problem for him Mm-hmm. No problem. Just because he was a civilian and there was no evidence. Okay, so I think that leads us kind of to the end. The 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 big part, because this we've is... already talked about Ty Sheridan goes to uh-huh. Gordo. He's killed. It's off yes. screen, but he is killed. Mm-hmm. So Oscar Isaac's character gets Ooh, this news. Hold on, hold on. So, hold on. Oh, my God. So the whole movie, he is... Facing off against this other poker player with the, he's constantly chanting like USA, yeah, Mister USA. USA. So in the whole movie, you're kind of like hoping that he like beats Mister USA, yeah. Which is like 
he's wearing like a flag and everything. Like, oh my god, it's such a clear like representation of like America. Yes, the over the whole? top, just look <laughs> at me nature of it. Oh, it's so symbolic. It really is. I didn't notice that until right now. Yeah, it's a little on the nose, a little bit. It's a little bit on the nose. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it kind of shows like where America or people at large, their priorities lie. They're they're there for the fun. They're there for the games. Entertainment. The entertainment while ignoring what's underneath the surface uh-huh. you know they try to turn a blind eye to the past and the sins of the past and just focus on the now and focus mm-hmm. on the present uh so that's another that's another thing that mm-hmm. you could look at it so uh, we think we're gonna get that climactic battle of two people going at each other the two people who've gone at each other earlier in the movie on the poker table and then <laughs> Oscar Isaac basically kind of has like a moment where he's like I can't do this so he yeah. just gets up and walks away from the table and this is the mm-hmm. world series of poker so he's at the final table mm-hmm. so he just walks away he and he starts driving and he drives to Major Gordo's house it, he drives all night long to get there and he's waiting there for Gordo when he gets home so now we get a climactic match that I didn't see coming. Would you see? I would say it's anticlimactic. Yes, it ends up being anticlimactic because okay. we don't see exactly what happens. No, we see him waiting for him, and basically, like, it's either going to be you or me who walks out of here alive. So they're they're setting up like stakes here, and you're like, okay, so this might be either a fight or some type of you know, something. And so they walk into another room and you just hear grunts and screaming and yelling. So there's like torture and pain being, being done there. And so then like you see the light from the outside. So it's like sunrise has come up and Oscar comes out from the other room, all bloody with his finger, like broken. And, and he calls, I guess the ambulance or he calls like some type of medical service to report the, that there's been a homicide. Yeah. So he goes back to jail after that. He goes back to jail. So did he want to? I think he did. You think he missed like that life or maybe he doesn't feel like he maybe fully he paid felt like for he everything. Had, okay, so here's the thing. When he was doing the voiceover earlier about his time in prison, he was like, I read books. I had never read books before. Like he was basically finding himself in jail. <laughs> Yeah, he was. And it almost was like a nice experience for him. Yeah, it was a change of pace from everything he had experienced up until then. And he is suicidal as well. Yeah, he was almost becoming a new man. Right, like he was like kind of pleased with himself with how he was responding to life in prison. But also he was very almost like a loose cannon, like when he instigates that fight with the other prisoner. That was early on in, he was in like, his sentence. I wonder if I can find that guy again and like maybe he can finish the job. Yeah. Like he's suicidal. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Because 
I think there's just this weight on his shoulders he does not feel that he has removed in any way. He mm. doesn't feel like he's been he's been able to pay his debts. Mm. The the debt of that's weighing on his conscience. I don't think he feels like he's been able to remove that from himself. So, like you said, like he he is suicidal and he has like these thoughts that constantly he's fighting you know like what kind of person is he can he continue living on with the kind of what the things that he has done in the past so then finally the final image really is what once he's in jail he has a visitor i assumed it was going to be and it was tiffany haddish Mm -hmm. there's no words there's just music and we get this moment there's a you know glass bulletproof glass that is separating the two in the visitation room in jail. And each one of them places a finger on the glass and they hold it there for a really long time, pretty much an uncomfortably long time before credits, the credits into the credits, because then the credits, you know, roll over them holding their finger over the glass, which Uh is, you know, symbolic of them kind of having a connection with each other, I guess is the way, because the fact that know. she comes and visits him, you know, after so everything that's I've, happened. I was like reading into the finger because they put in, they touch index fingers. Yes. Instead of almost feel like it should have been like the full hand on mm. the glass. I know what you mean. Like that implies like I'm with you. I want to hold your hand. But it was the finger, which was really weird. Like I, it made me think of... um the Sistine Chapel, you know. Oh, the yeah. Adam God and, and God Adam touching fingers in that famous Renaissance painting and like why why the finger from Tiffany Haddish and Oscar Isaac? Like especially through what? glass that you know, you can't touch each other for real. This is more of a symbolic thing that they're doing pretty much. So that's why I say maybe it is that the two of them have found at least somewhat of a connection. Maybe. But again, the movie doesn't kind of lead you in that direction throughout because early on, the reason why Oscar does end up sleeping with Tiffany Haddish is because he did make a, a like a, it, it was a bet pretty much. You go see your mother and I'll get laid is what he was saying basically. Mm-hmm. So when he forces Ty Sheridan, when he thinks that he's going to go see his mom, that's when he goes and visits Tiffany in her hotel room. And he, you know, he, you kind of mentioned that there was like an aggressiveness to it. Oh my gosh. So this scene, I was like reeling in the theater because he knocks on the door. She opens the door and he immediately comes in. It's very aggressive in that way where he just like launches into the room without any provocation, any invite. And he stays super close to her, like to her face and talks like is talking in hushed tones. And like, it was very, I used the word sensual in the theater. I was like, (laughs) it was too sensual, but also like it was very aggressive and it was so much like frenetic energy coming from him in that moment. It was like, it's just all this like pent up, I don't know what, like coming out in that one moment. 
with Tiffany Haddish. And again, like it was bizarre. Like you don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that they're getting together. Yeah, it it can be a lot for that particular character because he feels so restrained throughout. Like he's holding something back. Like he he's afraid of what he can do. Mm. And he also says earlier, like, you've awoken me or something. Yes, you've awoken and something she's, me. And she literally is like, what did you mean by that? And he's like, no, no, I didn't mean anything by <laughs> I words. didn't mean anything. Okay, just, just words. words. Just words. And then words. the scene later when they finally have sex, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's what he meant. <laughs> they were going at it. Yeah, so it was so weird. The whole movie was definitely weird. The OST with the breathing yeah, that was a little much. That was strange. It was unnerving. Um, did you think of anything regarding the names for everyone? Like Tiffany Haddish's character's name is Lalinda. So or Lalinda. Lalinda, if you take it in Spanish, the the beauty. Yes, and then Major Gordo, like Gordo, fat, fat. I don't know if I read too much into that. Just and then because William I don't know. Tell tell could be perceived as like you know in poker someone has a tell someone has a tell or yeah he doesn't say anything doesn't tell anybody anything about himself or you know it it doesn't really tell his story other than to himself oh man i don't know it's a lot it's a lot kirk with a c which doesn't make sense yeah i don't i don't know what that's supposed to be (laughs) c-i-r-k like yeah. He's like, Kirk with a C. I was like, you need to leave. <laughs> cool, buddy. Cool. <laughs> Kirk with a C. <laughs> um, what else is there to say about this movie? I don't know. I would never watch it again. I don't blame you. And and I don't think I would either. I think it is a interesting exercise in at least seeing like that type of lifestyle. And also seeing someone reckon with their past but again it's not a revisit you know you can't revisit that so often so that mm-hmm. so it's a one-time watch uh i on i settled at a three with it just oh. because and i'm pretty sure you're lower than me <laughs> um just because i found things that were interesting in the movie but again like the movie does feel a little bit off because there's like to, it almost has two different tones to it, or it's trying to straddle two different lines. It's two different stories, two different tones. Tiffany Haddish is a tone in and of itself. Like, yeah, I think that in my score is a two and a half, just because mm-hmm. it's so unpleasant. Like yeah. the whole thing. It's an unpleasant experience. Was unpleasant, and I again, I don't mind like drama movies or movies about heavy subjects, like. The mm-hmm. Mauritanian from earlier this year, which had the same, like, there was a lot of interrogation tactics used in there as well. Like, and same era as well, like post 9-11. Post 9-11. So it's fine. I just, uh, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> All right. So I think with that, I think we could go ahead and put a wrap on our conversation yep. on the card counter. So, uh, not much else we could say about it, but if you did enjoy the conversation or if you did enjoy the movie, let us know. 
Uh, we are on social media at Always Critic Pod. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can find us and TikTok. Almost forgot TikTok. <laughs> um, so that's at Always Critic Pod. If you really enjoy the show, you've already subscribed on your favorite podcast app, go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us because we are trying to uh, level up here on our end. So the more reviews that we have, uh, we could show that and maybe down the road become Rotten Tomatoes approved uh reviewers ourselves so oh, wow. go out and give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. that's how we can get that done and finally uh go ahead and show your support even further on patreon.com uh, slash always critic pod there you can go ahead and you can support us uh because we are trying to do other shows outside of this if you didn't listen to our k rambles podcast <laughs> i would go ahead and check that out on your favorite podcast feed and we're trying to do other things soon enough we'll be doing bond we're going to be doing a mini bond series uh leading up to no time to die which comes out at the beginning of october so we need to get started on that pretty soon (laughs) yeah exactly it's uh it's kind of like pressure time uh i'm already done with connery so what yeah i finished connery oh shit okay well fine yeah. Uh, okay. So with that said, I think that is, yeah, that's pretty much all the housekeeping. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Always the Critic.